Najee Harris is the starting running back. It's incredible that Matt Canada had to address that yesterday, but he did. And if that wasn't enough, well, I've got more. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates in the same place that you found this. Canada was asked, and there's nothing wrong with asking, okay? But Canada was asked if Najee is RB1 because of the way the preseason had gone because of the 62-yard run that Jalen Warren had, because of the maturation of Anthony McFarland, and because Najee's only touched the ball a handful of times between the two games. This was Canada's response. A lot of it is keeping him fresh for the season. You look at you look at what you know we asked Naj to do the last couple of years. I mean, you guys talked about it after year, his year one, right? How many touches he had, how many times he was on the field, the amount of plays, and, and all those things. And last year, we you know we reference after the bye a lot. We we ran the football quite a bit, and Naj was a big big part of that. Not that Jalen wasn't, but um, so it's a you know your body can take so much. We feel like he's done a lot. And we're going to continue to you know we want to get him get him to the show and get him ready to go play for us. And so it's been. A, a systematic plan to, to keep him upright and at the same time getting ready to play. And that's a fine balance for everybody. Now, I could get real complex and layered on this subject. I could start digging into statistics that are both positive and negative regarding Najee. I'm not shy about criticizing him, and I don't feel inclined to excessively praise him. I believe that he's got another gear. I believe that he began to hit that gear in the second half of last season, but there wasn't a whole lot before that that I liked much at all. That said, it's not just this offense that's going to be predicated on running the football and on a rhythmic balance between the ground game and the passing game. It's the entire football operation. Because a big part of what the Steelers aim to do in 2023 is to eat the clock. They want to have long drives, deliberate drives. What was the term Andy Weidel used? Imposing our will, that's it, imposing our will to shove the football down the field at whatever pace the Steelers happen to prefer. If it's going to be tough sledding to go deep, then you go underneath or you pound the ball. The same is true in the reverse. My friends, Najee has to be that guy when it comes to to RB1. He has to be. For that theory, that philosophy, that game plan to work, he has to be that guy. You can trust him to get the toughest yards. You can trust him to take care of the football. You can trust him to do other things, including protecting your quarterback. You can trust him 
to be uh, not just a leader, but the leader who was the one who united the offensive linemen, you'll recall, after the bye week in 2022 and got everybody on the same page. We are now, all of us who follow this football team, discussing whether or not Najee Harris should be demoted from RB1 when he's carried the ball three times? Is it three? Yeah, yeah, looking here, it's three. Three times in the preseason for six yards. Now, Jalen Warren does some different things. Jalen Warren is not the same back. And Jalen does have an explosive element that Najee has never had. Najee has never been a big game back. Not in college, not in his first couple of years in the NFL. And he isn't now, and he's not going to be. But that's not why he's RB1. He's that because the Steelers' offensive staff and the head coach, obviously, feel that he's the guy who can get you the yards that you need, but also to do it in a way that's the most reliable. And you know what? That's all pretty boring, isn't it? That's not the hottest take one could concoct from this scenario, to say the least. But it's also the truth. Now, can you get Warren more involved in the offense? Can you get him a few more snaps? Can you get him plays like that beauty that he ran the other night that are designed for his skill set? Sure, yeah. But there's a big, big canyon between that and making him the number one guy. You want to know another factor that football people talk about, but that people on the outside don't talk about? How much can he handle? You heard Canada in that soundbite that I played say that the reason they're not getting Najee any action in the preseason is that's that's the script. That's the way Tomlin wants it. He wants to protect Najee. He's actually been doing that since day one in Latrobe. He not just once, he needs Najee to go 17 hard games. Now, if you think that they think that Warren could just do the same thing with the same number of snaps, the same level of durability, the same ball security, going to keep bringing that up, then no. (laughs) No, they don't. They don't. They believe in Najee, and it's not because he's a first-rounder. It's not out of loyalty. It's because he is exactly what they're looking for. They're fortunate to have Warren and now, of course, Anthony McFarland in supporting roles. When we come back, J1Q. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. Stop in and say hello. Tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar. Today's J1Q comes from Bobby, who asks... 
How you feeling about the left tackle spot, DK? To me, it seems like Dan Moore might have improved to the point of being a very good left tackle. And the Broderick Jones pick might have been unnecessary. I'd see about maybe moving Jones to right tackle and take a look at how he is over there, and then we could just trade Chooksakorafor for a third-round pick. How oddly specific of you, Bobby. But yeah, I guess. Moore has always had the capability of being, to use your term, a very good left tackle. There's not anything that he's missing. There's not a fatal flaw. Really bright guy, big, athletic, picks things up along the way. And really, if you revisit 2022 with an open mind, his single greatest shortcoming were all the penalties. Knock those out. Yeah, he was already a pretty good left tackle. And in this training camp, meaning from Latrobe onward, he has been a very good left tackle. What's that mean? Well, he's still got to do it in stadiums, and I don't mean preseason stadiums. He's got to get it done against the 49ers. He's got to get it done against the Browns. If that means Nick Bosa and Miles Garrett in consecutive weeks, he's got to get it done. And he's got to get it done in a way where he's not having flags thrown. Because Jones isn't having a bad camp. No one's denigrating or downgrading Jones in any way. Not in-house. He had one lousy sequence the other night against the Bills. But his other 20... Pass protection snaps were completely clean. And it's more than reasonable to expect that after another month of behind-the-scenes football, practices and reps and film study and so forth, that he's going to be a better left tackle than he is today. Is it a wasted pick? I guess that depends on your perspective, but I am glad that you brought right tackle into it. I don't believe that you would see Jones move over to the right side. I really don't. That's when it starts getting into silly season that you draft a left tackle, trade up for him, you get him at 14 overall, and then you move him to a less valuable location on your offense. Also, and way more telling than that, if the Steelers had any, any sort of thoughts in that direction, they would have already had Jones taking some kind of snaps over there, and they, they haven't, and they won't. They have had more over there. I wouldn't quite describe it as splitting reps with Okorafor, but he's shared them. And the elephant in the room here is that Chooks has another year of his contract. He's got another year where he's an $8 million cap hit. And if the Steelers have two tackles they trust and more can safely slide over to the right side in their minds, Chooks isn't going to get picked up. Whether that's a trade or a release, whatever, he's not going to get picked up. So that's where I think you're warmest with that stuff. But uh, the idea that you would regret picking you know, a good left tackle, uh-uh. 
let that one play out. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. Going to do another one of these tomorrow. 